0: We have been uh, talking about relationships for the last three weeks. Now tonight's our fourth week. And I'm, I'm so uh, grateful, again, that you let me do this. Because it's kind of been an experiment for me. This has been a new idea that I've kind of got to flesh out on you. And, and, uh, and it's been fun. And uh, we talk about relationships. Particularly about the fact that God is a relationship, that the, that the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that God is a relationship. You remember that picture by and, and Alexander Rublev, that, the picture of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It comes from Genesis 1.26, uh, lots of other places, but at least that where God says, and let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he made them. Male and female, he made them. Let us make man in our image. God is not like a relationship. He's not the, he's not the pattern of a relationship. He's, we don't kind of see about relationship. God is relationship. In the same way, in John 1 John 5, that, that John says, and God is love. God is not like love or about love or a, a model. of he, God is love. And in the same way, God is relationship. And if that's true, the, the way God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit relate to one another, then we should seek in our own relationships, especially in, in the relationship of marriage, we should seek for Him to be both our, the method and the model for the way we do relationships. So that's been the, that's been the topic for the last four weeks, that God is, is relationship. Um, we relate according to the holy character of God. Remember the first week we talked about the character of God. 1 Peter 1.16, be holy for I am holy. And so the character of God is holy. And our relationship, uh, all relationships, employee, employer, fellow student, brother, sister, uh, especially husband and wife, all relationships are sacred. They are sanctified. They are set apart. They are holy because the, because the very nature of relationship is that it comes from the, the, the divine relationship, what Richard uh, Rohr calls the divine dance. We relate in or with the chosen vulnerability of God. Remember, we talked about three weeks ago, God chooses... ...to be vulnerable. God is all-powerful, ever-present. He is is all-knowing. But he chooses to make himself vulnerable. Maybe no better example of that than Philippians chapter 2... ...that great kenosis passage. Verse 6 says, who being, talking about Jesus... ...who being in the very nature God... ...whoever typed this didn't do a very good job... Uh, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God, but uh, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Uh, he chose to be vulnerable. He, he emptied himself. And so we choose in our relationship, if it's a relationship that is that is modeled after the divine Godhead, we choose to be vulnerable to one another. And then last week we talked about the fact that we relate under the sacrificial structure of the Trinity. If the relationship is... And I, and I remember, I'd say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in a structure. I don't want to have hierarchy or order. And I don't want somebody over me and somebody under me. Unless it's a holy relationship that chooses to be vulnerable... And then I do that. Well, where's the where's the fear in that? Where's the danger in that? If I am, if Doris and I are trying to out vulnerable one another, then then there's there's not a fear in husband being head of the home. The wife honor respect your husband. I I, I talked about John seventeen one. That great high priestly prayer. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people. There's, there was authority. Even though the tr- the triune Godhead, the Trinity... And if you ask me to explain this, I can't. I, had, I have no clue how this works. But they are equal, co-equal. Uh, uh, existent before, before time ever began. Remember the, the Nicene Creed says... Uh, begotten, not made, from the very beginning. Uh, And yet, although they are equal, there is a hierarchy. There is a structure that the Father uh, gives authority to the Son. The Son says, I have to go away so that the Spirit can come and testify me. There's structure. Well, finally, if we do all of those things, if 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 we seek for a relationship that's holy, that is vulnerable, that's structured the way God intends to be structured. Finally, then we discover the incredible intimacy that the divine re- relationship knows. We discover what it is truly like to be intimate. Uh, now, when I, when I teach on intimacy uh, in marriage conferences or in ma- marriage counseling, the guys are always saying, Oh, good, it's about time. We're going to talk about sex. Oh, that's about, that is a part of it. But that is not all of it at all. And, and so we're going to talk about that, the very nature of intimacy, which I think God desires for, again, for brothers and sisters, for, for parents and children, for, for uh, pastor and, and parishioner. In all relationships, God desires for us to find that holy intimacy that is modeled in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John seventeen. John is a great place to go to to know more about the nature of God. John seventeen twenty one. Again, in that high priestly prayer, uh, Jesus says, uh, "Father, I pray that they may be one, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they might be one. I and you, you and me, that they might be one. Like that, that kind of intimacy. John one one. That prologue to the gospel. In the beginning." Was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There is a, there is an intimacy there that is just uh, hard to imagine, and then finally in John one, uh, John one more time in John fourteen, verse nine. uh, It's that great passage when when Thomas says uh, Jesus says. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Thomas says, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus says, don't, don't you know? Philip says, I'm sorry. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus says, don't you know by now? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. There, we're, we are one in this. There is an intimate relationship that is not only present in the, in the triune Godhead, but is the, the call and the model of, for those of us who are in relationship with one another. The divine intimacy that is ours. When we model ourselves after the triune Godhead. Holiness and vulnerability and structure. That divine intimacy in ours might be called a oneness. That they are one in uh, I'm, you and me. I and you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It might be called a, a oneness. I become one with my partner in the relationship not losing my own identity not not letting go of who i am but taking on the very best of my of my partner and now i've i've tried to do this all month and really include every kind of relationship let me say tonight it might lean a little more heavily towards married couples but but especially because the 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 finest Human illustration that we have of that kind of oneness is found in the marriage relationship. That's where God says, hey, you want to know what I long for in, in relationship? Look at that. I want it to be like, like that. So in Genesis, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, God has looked at everything that he's done. He says, this is good. He made heaven and earth and said, this is good. He made the stars and the moon. He said, this is good. He made the water and the land. This is good. He made fish and and animals and and plants. And he said, this is good. Uh, He made man and he said, this is really good. And then he said, this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. We are created for each other. We are created for intimacy and God's great desire is that we would discover the oneness that is in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That we would discover that kind of oneness in our relationships in general, but in particular in our relationship with husband and wife. And so in verse 24, after he has made the woman, in verse 24, he says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and... (laughs) <laughs> Whoever typed this is awful. And cleave uh, to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I uh, left out a whole phrase there. This is the leave and cleave verse. They will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That there is there is something that God calls us to, to seek, to find in a relationship, this oneness that can that can best be modeled when it's done right can best be modeled in this husband and wife relationship that that oneness that is ours and so that's kind of where this whole thing has been taking us when we try to find other what what the relationship in the triune godhead is when we try to find that we see that the nature of it is holy that there's vulnerability that there's structure and when we find all that there is a a oneness and intimacy that cannot be found Anywhere else and it can't be found at all until those other things are in place. We're not going to know true intimacy until we're doing this marriage thing right husband leading the home the way God intends wife being that co-equal supporter in the home. We're not going to be able to do that until we're trusting each other because we've been vulnerable to one another. And we're not going to do that until we have sanctified this relationship and made it holy and said, God, you're in charge of this. Now we're being vulnerable. Now we're doing the structure the right way. And then we find the intimacy that we desire. Does that does that make sense? So that's what we've been trying to say all along. So, all right, we got done early tonight. Thank you for, thank you for listening to all that. Uh, well... So let's talk about that a little bit then. And I just want to share a couple of thoughts, give you maybe a a couple of tools at the end of how to how to seek that. And 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 then as Pastor Eddie pray, this is great. Then hopefully not just be hearers of the word, but be doers to go out and begin to do this. Uh, First, let me just say that we are uh, best in relationship when we understand that just as the relationship of the, of the Father, of the of the triune Godhead is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we are in that same Trinitarian kind of relationship. We are in that same, the three of us. In this case, instead of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now it's it's husband, wife, and God. And when we enter into that kind of triune relationship, then we find... The the, the the holiness, the vulnerability, the structure, and the intimacy that God desires for us, so the relationship really should look something like this there 's a triangle slide, yeah, it should look something like this that we have husband and wife and God, and that's the that's the relationship when Doris and I got married uh, we uh, I looked over at at her father, her mother, her three sisters uh A hundred cousins. Uh, There was there was fourteen teeth between all of them. All of them. I looked over all of those, and I just and I remember the pastor saying, "You're not just marrying her. You're marrying all of them." I said, "Oh God, what am I what am I doing here?" And you think that's something. Doris looked over at my one sister and said, "Oh God, what am I doing here? I'm not you know that." But we're, So we're not just marrying just that person beside us. But in this case, we really are marrying into this triune relationship. God the Father at the, at the head of the relationship and husband and wife seeking to draw closer to him in everything that we do. So I know you've seen this before, but I I just want to show you this one more time. Now I need a couple to volunteer, not a couple that has a paper in your hand. So we're going to spread the spread the wealth around. I need one more couple to volunteer very quickly and just and run up here real, real fast. Uh, Ready? Go. There one more couple? I mean, Let me see your hand. Who doesn't have a, a couple that doesn't have a paper in your hand? Let me just see your hand. So. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to appoint. I'm going to have to make up couples. D- Tammy and Toby, y'all don't have papers in your hand? How did that happen? Would y'all come up here real fast? Okay, we're going to put you right here. Tammy, would you, would you just stand right here? Toby, would you stand right over there? And now we need God uh who has been yeah leah was god one time so leah come back and be god again uh leah kind of she kind of revels in that yeah she liked that so so leah this is your place you're god so would you stand would you stand right there now uh, toby and tammy get married they just love each other, everything's wonderful, and they just stand there looking at each other. And now, Y'all just look at each other, just in this, stand there, and this. Let's, let's just have an awkward silence for a while, just let them stand and look at each other. And that's where we are, when we get started in a relationship, that's where we are. We just We only have eyes for each other, we just stand there and see each other. But now, here's the problem, there's some stuff, remember... A, a few years ago, or, well, it hadn't been a few years ago. I think it was last year when we did the hula hoops. Remember doing the hula hoops? There's some stuff in between them. And if they look at each other long enough, they start seeing the stuff. You know, man, she just she doesn't cook like my mama. She just doesn't, you know. I wish he, I wish he made as much money as my daddy did. And we, and we begin to see. So the longer they keep their eyes fixed just on one another... The, the more apt they are to begin to notice the differences between them, the issues, the problems, the things that separate them. It's difficult for them to look at each other and not eventually begin to see how far the gulf is between the the two of them. See how that, that works? So what they learn very early on... Uh, Toby and Tammy both learned this. What they learned very early on, yes, is to turn and fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so they look at, they just look at Leah. We have to do a whole other session on on this God complex. Leah just really likes this, you know. She just likes this thing. so. So they, yeah. But there's still this gulf between them. They want to get closer together. They really they just want they recognize you know these things in between us are not that we don't, they're not that big a deal, but we just want to be closer together. How do they get closer together how 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 in the world can they possibly get closer together you You probably can't see from where you are, but I put a little I put our yarn and made a little triangle, so they can't they can't get over there. yeah, they can't get oh. So how do you get closer together? Yeah, look how much faster to- Tammy gets to God than Toby gets to God. Tammy flies to God, Toby's dragging along to God. Yeah, so, God, <laughs> so the closer they get to God, the closer they are to one another. Isn't that interesting? But here's the other thing. The closer they are to one another, the closer they are to God. It works both ways. And so the more I fix my eyes on God and try to become like him and try to be the person he wants me to be. And the more Doris does that, then the closer we get in our walk with God. But interestingly enough, the more I work on my relationship and try to be the husband God wants us to be and and try to and try to have this kind of intimate. The more I focus on that, I also find that I'm getting closer to God by virtue of doing that. So we thank you guys for, for doing that. Leah, you can just stay up there all night if you want to. You can be God for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to recognize that I am in this Trinitarian relationship. Husband, wife. And again, I think that's true in all relationships. It's best evident in husband and wife. But I think brother and sister, parent, child. In every case, in any kind of relationship, boss, employer. The closer we are to God, the closer we are to one another. And the better the relationship works does that does that make sense the, the the problem is that there is that stuff between us we know that we want to do that but there is that stuff in between us that makes it difficult for us to connect then the way we want to and, and sometimes that very step the things that make it difficult to ne- connect make it difficult for us to be closer to God the things that keep us from being closer to God get in the way of us connecting and so again that that cycle just continues over. So, we, so how, do we, how do we get past those things? What are those things? And how do we get past those things that make it difficult? Well, uh, let me just make this statement since I wrote it down here. The truest path of genuine intimacy is to get closer to God. And therefore, the closer we get to God, the closer we are to each other. Yeah, true intimacy is modeled in the relationship, the triune Godhead. The closer I am to God the closer I am to the other, to the other person in my, in my relationship. But, go back to that slide right before that, Jamie. That's the one I was looking for. Uh, sorry, the one that said, uh, perhaps, I'm trying to remember how said it said Yeah, genuine intimacy is face-to-face, eye-to-eye, nothing between us, closeness. That's genuine intimacy. And we're going to break that down and talk about that in, in just a minute. Uh, but what keeps me from doing that is that stuff? Those things. We are. Remember, we talked about uh, the love and respect part of this. That we are triggered. We're wounded by uh, by someone being unloving and then being disrespectful and then unloving. And that cycle. We enter into that crazy cycle that keeps us from connecting. And usually, these four things then come up: criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. These four things come up that keep us from being close to one another and close to God. Criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. I'm going I'm to talk to you a little bit about some stuff from a guy by the name of John Gottman. John Gottman is one of the most well-known marriage counselors, although he's interesting because he says, I have never helped anybody. I'm not interested in helping people. He he doesn't want to fix people. He just likes studying people. And he has done research for four or five decades of analyzing couples and, and, and videoing them and watching over and over and over again as they interact. He would bring couples in and then bring them back three years later and then bring them back three years later and kept analyzing. And he has broken down that. That, uh, and actually, uh, Bill Robinson talked about this uh, Saturday for just a moment. That he can predict with 87.7% accuracy, when a couple comes before him, if these things are present, then he can predict 87.7% that they will be in, in a divorce or in serious trouble within four or five years after after being before him because of this. And these are the four things. Criticism, contempt, defensiveness... And stonewalling. So I'm I'm standing in relationship with my wife. We're trying to get closer to God. But I'm triggered because she feels disrespectful to me. I'm doing things that's unloving. We're in this crazy cycle. And I begin to respond with criticism. Criticism is not voicing a complaint saying uh, this is, you know, I wish this were different. Criticism is an attack. It is saying this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. Now, here's the interesting thing. Most of us enter into, at some point in a relationship, we enter into a conversation thinking, okay, the problem is not me. The problem is you. And if I just clearly point that out to you, if I just help you to understand that it's not me, it's you, then you're going to respond by saying, oh, thank you so much for helping me to see that I'm the idiot in this relationship. I am so grateful. Why don't we, could we meet tomorrow and talk about this more and allow you to point this out? We, we, we think I'm going and, to and, and candidly, most of the time when a couple comes to counseling, it's because one or the other wants me to join sides and say, tell her, tell her she's an idiot. That's I'm just what I'm trying to explain that. But so we enter into it. And, and so this criticism arises where you are the problem, not me. If we could somehow quit doing that and accept responsibility on both sides. Criticism. After criticism comes Contempt. Contempt is where we began then to, to put down, to destroy. It can go all the way to physical abuse, but certainly verbal abuse, name-calling, uh, uh, deriding, poking fun at. It's contempt, where I not, not only do I criticize, but now I begin to demean the very character of the person. When that happens, the, uh, the, the other person usually gets defensive rather than listening I'm immediately on the defense I'm immediately saying no wait a minute you think you got you think I got problems let me tell you what your problem is and I'm beginning to build my case for why it's the problem is not me the problem is her and now we're back in this defensive and finally sometimes particularly we great christian couples who we just pride ourselves in not fighting we just stonewall we just say you know what we're just we're not we're not dealing with this anymore and we end up in what I call just undivorced relationships. We just, we just, we're just not divorced, but we just stay with our arms folded back to back, not looking at one another. Uh, we, we just disconnect. We, when we do that, we will never move closer to God. We will never move closer to one another. The intimacy between us will be destroyed. If intimacy is face to face, uh, eye to eye, nothing between us, if that's genuine intimacy, then we'll never have that where there is bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and and even those things that, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to be angry about it anymore. But it's just we're never we're just not going to deal with this anymore. True intimacy is coming to that place where there's nothing between. So let me let me kind of say this. I'm him hawing around trying not to say it. But let me let me just use this example. Uh, let me check my audience, make sure there's no little kids in here. Uh, The the physical intimacy, when a husband and wife come together in that intimate act, it's the finest illustration of what we're talking about. They are at that moment, face to face. It's interesting that of all the creatures God created, the only creatures that he created to be intimate face to face are man and woman. That God says, I want to show you what this looks like. We are face to face, nose to nose. There's nothing between us, not even a sheet. We're completely naked. We're vulnerable. We're, we're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're vulnerable and there's not one thing. Anytime there is anything between us, we are less than fully intimate. And so, when there's unforgiveness, when there's, when there's disrespect... When there's unloving, when there's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling, all of those things just serve to widen that gap, and so we are less than intimate. We're less than what God wants for us. Is that is that okay? We're all right, okay. Well, then let's talk about how we fix that. And 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 we're, I'm just gonna. It's not gonna be very long, but I'll give you a few t- uh, tips, tools. I think to begin to use and. John Gottman, again, says an interesting thing. John Gottman says that a healthy relationship... Well, first of all, restore it. Thanks. Jamie really helps me. I can't remember what I wrote. Uh, We offer honesty. We offer humility. We offer brokenness. And we offer forgiveness. We offer honesty, humility, brokenness, and forgiveness. Uh, Usually when Doris is with me, Doris would talk about this part. In fact, we had planned for tonight for her to step up and talk about this part for just a second. Which would be a neat thing. Doris is... Doris is amazing. I mean, she's just an amazing speaker, but she's just scared to death and doesn't do it very often. But, but Doris would say, and this is a little embarrassing for me to say, but Doris would say, in our relationship and, the, and all of my stupidity and all the things that I did wrong, and I have a mountain of things that I did wrong, what helped her to begin to rebuild trust was that she saw in me absolute honesty, humility, brokenness, and forgiveness. So I have a husband and wife that comes into my office and one or the other says, well, they just need to get over it. They just just need to get over it and, you know, God's forgiven me and we need to put this behind me and go on. No, it doesn't work that way. I stay absolutely broken. David says in the 51st Psalm, my sin is ever before me. When I'm living that way, I'm beginning to get closer to God and therefore closer to my spouse. So how do we do that? John Gottman says that there are... That in healthy relationships, that we make, that we should make five to seven bids to connect every day. Five to seven bids to connect. That is some kind of overture. Sometimes very subtle. But some type of overture that says, hey, I'm, I'm ready to take a little step closer to you and therefore closer to God. I want to make a bid to, to connect. Those bids are verbal and nonverbal. And if, we're, and if we're in a healthy relationship, we do that five to seven times a day. Sometimes we do that without even thinking. So they would look something like this. Uh, verbal bids would be information. The sharing of information. I had an awful day. Oh, my day was awful. When I say that, I'm not really interested in talking about my day necessarily. I'm saying to Doris, are you, you want to talk? You know, are, are, are we okay? Can This is a bid to connect. want Or humor. Hey, I heard, let me tell you how I heard today. Three preachers got on a boat. Uh, you know that's a that's a, Doris has heard my joke so many times. She is sick of them. But that's a bid to connect. Hey, you you, you want uh, observation? Just an observation. Oh man, I saw the moon last night. Well, it was it was incredible. I'm making a bid to connect or an inquiry. How was your day? Hey, uh, you know what time supper gonna be ready? Uh, you know we've had supper at the same time. It's just a it's a It's a bid to connect. I'm saying, I'm kind of putting myself out there. I want to take a little step. See if you're willing to take a little step. Make a bid to connect. The nonverbal bids to connect. While we're here, nonverbal bids are sighing, (sighs) touching, just a pat, touching, or or just closeness. Just come over and sit down. Closeness. Those are nonverbal bids to connect. So I'm sitting on the couch. I'm reading a book. And Doris comes over. We have a pretty long couch. We have a love seat. We have a um, a, a lazy boy chair. And Doris comes over and sits down right beside me. And I say, good grief, all these chairs and this is the best. You know, why are you sitting right here? It's a bid to connect. And so Gottman says that we receive five to seven bids to connect. And how we respond to those bids determines the level of intimacy that we will achieve in a relationship. We can do one of three things. We can turn away, we can turn against, or we can turn towards. We turn away. I'm just... You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to connect. We just turn away. So, Doris says... Uh, uh, I'm reading a book. And Doris says, uh, Man, I... I just saw the neatest thing and I say, yeah, mm, yeah, I'm turning away. I'm not, I'm not willing to connect. Can I just confess, sometimes I do that, I don't even know it, but I, but, but she's, she's rejected, she's because I've turned away. I can turn against a uh, man that, she says, the traffic in Murfreesboro is awful. How about you quit spending so much time in the traffic and keep the house clean? How about that? That would change. I'm turning against, you know. I'm, I'm turning this. Or I turn towards. She says, so I heard this story. There's three preachers in a boat. And I say, yeah, three preachers in a boat. Yeah, I'm turning towards. Gottman says, if we turn towards five times, for every one time we turn away or turn against, then we move closer in this level of of intimacy. Does that make sense? So I want to practice it real, real quick. And I'm going to practice it in a way we get, we're going to, we're going to imitate. You like to imitate people? We're going to imitate our church staff. So this is a chance to imitate our church staff. So somebody has uh, Pastor Gary and Peggy. Who has that paper it says Pe- oh no, no y'all don't know okay <laughs> Pastor Gary and Peggy so here's what I want to ask you to do uh, I think Peggy is first on this. would you stand and just read in your best Peggy just read that statement and then and then would you respond in, in, in Pastor Gary's response okay and then what we're going to do is say did he turn away did he turn toward or did he turn against okay Peggy Okay, well, she's here. how long will the parking lot be torn up? Pastor Gary? Look, I'm doing the best I can. To quit your function. <laughs> that sounded like Pastor Gary, didn't it? I thought that was, yeah. <laughs> okay, did he turn towards? No. Did he turn away? No, what did he do? Turned against. I've, I've heard, I'm sick, of, I've turned, so he turned against. Good. Uh, Pastor Stephen and Sarah. Who has Pastor Steven and Sarah? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I think Sarah's first again. So, in your best Sarah voice, <laughs> let me. I'm sorry. Let me just stop. Run quick and say. So, what did what did Peggy do? How long will the parking lot be turned away? Inquiry. I'm just. You know, she doesn't care how long the parking lot. She's just trying to make conversation. Okay, Sarah. He's cleaning his glasses. He does not even, yeah, even looked look up. Okay. Did, uh, first of all, what did Sarah, what was that? Observation. Just making an observation. Like, did he turn against? No. Did he turn towards? Did he turn away? Yeah. See, you know, Sarah doesn't care about the moon. Just, oh, look at that moon. I, do you want to connect? I want to get closer. And he just keeps on cleaning. I don't, I don't even pay attention. Just yeah, it turns away. Uh, Pastor Wayne and Lana. Who has Pastor Wayne and Lana? Okay. Uh, Pastor Wayne goes first. This song is in a hard key to play in. I bet Doris could play it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Whoa>, okay. <laughs> this song is in a hard key to play in. What is that? Just an observation. Just making an observation. And, and Lana says, I'll bet Doris could play it. Did she turn towards? Did she turn away? Maybe turned against. Yeah, maybe say. So. Okay, uh, Pastor Eddie and Amanda. Okay, let me just say, Pastor Wayne, your job is on the line right here, so so be very careful. So I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think Amanda goes first. So Amanda goes first. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> That's exactly what happens. So, did he turn against? <coughs> did he turn away? What did he do? He turned towards. The interesting thing is, it almost doesn't matter what we say. It's just that I'm willing to turn towards. Sometimes it can just be with a touch. Man, I, that, that moon last night was unbelievable. And he'd just reach over and, and pat her hand. I'm turning towards. Uh, man, I, I, had a hard, I had a hard day. I had a hard day. Really? Baby, man, I did too. I'm turning towards. Uh, you know, how long is the garage going to be? How long is that project going to be? Now, I immediately get defensive with that. I'm, I'm gonna, but instead, I don't know, it's going to be a while. That's, that's a pain in the neck to walk over that stuff, isn't it? I'm turning towards. If I just make it... and We're always going to turn away. We're always going to turn against. Those things, if you're, you know... The scripture says where two or three are gathered together... Somebody's going to be a pain in the neck. And that, that always is going to be... That always going to happen. But if I can seek to turn towards more than I turn away... And Gottman says, if I can do it on a five to one ratio, then again, he would say with about a 90% confidence, this couple's in good shape. They're going to be here for a long time. They're learning to find that intimacy, that oneness that God has available for us, just with this simple thing of turning towards instead of turning away or turning against. Isn't Isn't that a good thing to just make an effort to say, how can I, first of all, to listen for it, to recognize this is a bid to connect. This isn't an attack. This isn't a trying to pick a fight. This isn't a this is just a bid to connect. And I recognize that, and I make it a point a point to turn toward rather than turn away or turn against. With God's help, we turn towards. And, and in that place, in that place, we find the intimacy that is available to us in this triumph Godhead. I, you know, this is just, it's almost a side note, kind of doesn't fit in right here. But I just thought about that, this turning away, turning against. When I was writing this this week, I thought, where is the one place in Scripture where the triune Godhead is not intimate? Where they're not in an in a intimate relationship? Where's that one place? On the cross, where Jesus says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And God Is silent. And in that moment... Now we know... Theologically we know that's not true... But in that moment it feels like... That God has turned away. And how many times I thought... How many times has my wife asked a simple question... And I just either intentionally or unintentionally... Just turned away. Rather than turning towards. What a difference it makes when I just turn towards. So... Three ways to turn towards... Uh, we are in a relationship that's modeled after the triune Godhead. It's a holy relationship. It uh, is, we choose to be vulnerable. There's structure to it. And when we do that, we find an intimacy that is beyond our imagination, that, that is modeled only in that sacred relationship that, of God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit, but can be present in our relationships, particularly in the relationship of marriage. How do I turn towards how do I keep moving towards more and more intimate uh, connections with my wife Three things very very quickly first of all create love maps I create love maps I began to be aware or generate love maps I said I began to be aware of the of the the things that when Doris is connecting I, you know, Doris Doris said oh, uh, uh let me give you a, a a quick example, since Doris is not here, I can say this. Doris said one time, we'd been married about five or six years. And I said, I said sweetheart, you know, you know, you used to like come sit on my lap. You used to come, like, you know, you know how, we don't do that anymore. And Doris said, oh, I think when I do that, then you think that, I'm, that I want to be sexual. And so, I, you know, I, so I just, I, don't I said, well, first of all, you're not all that. You know, I just don't think that all the time. No, I didn't say that part. But I, I said, no, that's not true. That's not. So we learn something about each other. We, we begin to generate a love map. And so that I know that sometimes when I'm sitting on the couch and she, instead of sitting over there, comes and sits right beside me, it's not about going there, but it's also not about being spread out in the, in the living room. It's about she's, she's making a bid to connect. And I've learned that ab- ab- about her. She has learned that when I come in and say, man, I'm... We're selling branches and moving to Alaska. Uh, I'm, we're not moving to Alaska. And she doesn't have to get defensive about that. I'm making a bid to connect. And she says, really? Come over here and sit down and tell me about your day. You know, it's a, so I generate love maps. I begin to recognize those times and those places when we are making bids to connect. The second is I offer touch and affection. I just offer touch and affection. I think I talked to you last year, but you remember that chemical the brain creates called oxytocin. Oxytocin is a is a, a chemical that the brain creates, and it's called the the uh, the connecting. It's called the bonding chemical. Oxytocin races in the body of a woman that is giving birth to a child. It also is racing in the child during. Uh, so Josh was born, and the nurse handed Josh to me, and I said, "Ooh, could you clean him up just a little bit before you give him to me?" The nurse handed him to Doris and Doris said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Because God created us for this oxytocin to be raging so that they were bonding immediately. Oxytocin is created in the brain from human touch. And, it, and it's been scientifically proved if I would stand and hold my wife for three minutes a day, then oxytocin levels are increased then our, our bonding is greater, our level of intimacy, it's a, it, we're making a bid to connect. Oxytocin. Now, you, you can't stand God and say, all right, thousand two, thousand three. you can't do that. But, just, but ox- I offer love and faith. And then finally, let God shine. Let God shine. There is a, uh, the Greek word for shine is phanos. Uh, and uh, someone did an anagram of phanos, F-A-N-O-S. State your feelings. Just say often. Man, maybe I just want to tell you how much I like. State your feelings. The A stands for affirmation. Just say positive things. You just, you just, nobody, nobody cooks cornbread like you do. You know, you just, uh, needs. Express your needs. Hey, this is. You know, man, I just I need you to just be close to me. Express your needs. Own something that you did. The O stands for Own. Own something that you did. I'm sorry. Man, I, I should have done better at that. And then the S stands for sobriety. This is actually is dealing with couples that are going through issues like that. But sobriety and that just simply means check in and say, I'm doing I want you to know I'm doing good. Man, I, I'm I'm so in love with you. I'm just doing great. I want you am or man, I'm struggling right now. I hate my job and I just I'm but 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 be honest. It, When we do that once a day, when we take a chance to shine, an opportunity to shine, phanos, when we do that, we're connecting closer to one another. We're connecting closer to God. Oxytocin is increasing. Intimacy is increasing. And we're becoming more like the triune Godhead. Doris and I discovered, and it's interesting that Toby and I started talking about this. Right before church, we started talking about this. Doris and I discovered something about 15 years ago. And I'm ashamed to say that it took us that long to discover it. Uh, we had been married almost 25 years when we finally discovered this. I was pastoring, b- busy, going. We have different timetables. Doris and I were married for four years before she knew there were two 7 o'clocks in one day. We just had completely different times. She's not an early morning person. We had do different... And, and uh, we just didn't pray together. We just didn't. And we started about 15 years ago saying we will... Every day, we will hold hands and pray together. Every day. Now, here's the way we do it most days. I get up and go. I'm out. And then I just set a time sometime in the morning, sometime between maybe 8, 30, and 10. I'll run home for about 30 or 45 minutes. And if we're both in town, we won't tomorrow because she's out of town. But if we're both in town, almost every morning without fail, we spend a, just a few minutes holding hands and praying together. We're we're offering touch and affection. We're trying to get closer to God together. We're recognizing that the intimacy we desire comes from Him. It's modeled in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the closer we get to Him, especially if we're holding hands and doing that, the closer we're going to get to one another. So, be hearers the word not uh, I mean be doers the word not hearers. I'd encourage you if you're if you're in a marriage or a significant relationship like that to just start that one thing to say you know what we're going to start every day sometime in the morning or sometime in the evening we're going to hold hands and pray together every day and god will draw you closer to him and closer to one another